stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, and a happy Victory Monday to all watching this show. Happy Victory Monday, Bucks fans. We are going to recap once again the Bucks 19-3 win over the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. We had last night's podcast, but we're going to dig a little bit deeper in today's show, and of course, Todd Bowles. Spoke to the media today at 3 p.m. So still a lot to get into. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com, Scott Reynolds, SR. And Scott, how we feeling? The Bucks are 1-0. It's the first Victory Monday of what is hopefully many Victory Mondays and the occasional Fridays and the occasional Tuesday yeah. Victory Days. Yeah, I'm looking a little rough. Boy, holy smokes. Uh, well, listen, I was up late last night and I'm an old man. Uh, it's... Um, you know, it, it's great victory Monday. There's no doubt about it. it. It's better when I have some sleep. I'm rocking about three hours sleep. So no rest for the wicked. But hey, listen, I get to cover football for a living. So I'm not complaining. I'm not doing uh, any, you know, real job out there that that's uh, that certainly um, going to require any pity for me. So please don't pity me. Uh, I will say this. Um, if, if not for Celsius, which is the the energizing uh, official drink of Peter Report, I, I would probably be in a coma. And if it wasn't for age rejuvenation with my testosterone uh, <laughs> hormone replacement therapy, I'd probably be dead. So without those two going on three and a half hours sleep uh, at age 50, you know, I would probably be a goner. But I tell you, folks, this stuff works. If, you, if you've heard about us, talk about Celsius, and of course you have, we mentioned every podcast because Celsius is the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. You got to try one. It works. John Gilmore, Bucks tight end, who was doing our Pewter uh, uh, tailgate show, Pewter Report tailgate show, sponsored by Celsius at Walk-Ons. He tried the Arctic vibe for the first time. He's like, I've never had a Celsius. I'm like, dude, it's going to change your life. And he <laughs> was like, wow, man, this is fantastic. And it's a great energy pick-me-up in the morning. It replaces coffee in my life. And before I go work out at the gym, which I'm not doing today because that would literally kill me, uh, I have a Celsius. Why do I, I choose Celsius? For a couple of reasons. Seven essential vitamins uh, inside Celsius. It's a healthy energy drink. It's got no sugar. So there's no sugar crash and no preservatives. So it's a healthy, great, essential energy drink. You can find them at your local health and fitness stores, grocery stores, convenience stores, just go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, put in your address, and you'll find out where you can grab some cans and try them. And once you find the flavors that you like, go on Amazon and buy them in bulk. Use the subscribe and save option. They ship them right to your door. It's the best and easiest way to get Celsius. Make sure Celsius is a part of your life. It certainly saved mine today. Hashtag Celsius live fit. Make sure you check one out sooner rather than later. Yeah. So Scott, uh, about an hour ago, we spoke to Todd Bowles. He he addressed the media following the, the day after the game. And yeah. obviously, everything that everyone wanted to know, and I saw a couple people in the comments, so that's why I want to get to it yeah, as well. Let's do it. The big question is Donovan Smith and Chris Godwin. Uh, they both left the game early last night. Uh, Donovan Smith with an elbow injury. Chris Godwin with a hamstring injury. Bowles told us today, and of course, uh, you were reporting it as well in the Bucks Monday mailbag, so make sure you check that out if you haven't read it yet. 
Um, Donovan Smith has a hyperextended elbow. Yeah, sounds kind of brutal. Uh, yeah. like that that has to suck to uh, right. you know to to yeah. you know move around each day with the hyperextended el- elbow. With that said, it's mostly a pain tolerance uh, type of situation. So yep. there is still a possibility that Donovan Smith could play this Sunday at one o'clock when the Bucks head to New Orleans to take on the Saints in a very pivotal NFC South matchup uh, moving yeah. forward. And Donovan Smith has truly been an iron man on this team. Now for Chris Godwin, a little bit of good news, bad news type of situation. He has a hamstring strain. So that's the yep. bad news. It sounds like he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. It's all about how he, uh, you know, recovers and, and how he rehabs it and whatever it may be. But the good news is that there's no injury to his knee. Obviously, yeah. he's coming off of that torn ACL injury. That's right. No structural damage with the knee. Uh, it is a hamstring injury. We are well-versed in the history of the hamstring injuries with not just Chris Godwin, but the Bucks wide receivers in general. You can go it's back. It's their favorite to, injury. It, it it's is the their favorite injury, injury du jour every day in Tampa when it comes to wide receivers. It's always the hamstring. And uh, it's it, listen. It's not. I answered this in the Bucks Monday mailbag. It's nothing to do uh, with with the training. Uh, this this injury here. If you look at how I don't have a picture of it. Cliff Wilkes took some amazing pictures, but uh, he he took uh, he took kind of a, a weird. Well, first of all, he had to go down low and and catch the ball, and then he took kind of a weird step. And I just think it kind of tweaked the hamstring. It wasn't like a really bad hamstring. You could just see him wince a little bit right. and kind of kind of limp off. The Bucks didn't need him. It was fine. He he carried on, and and I think he's going to be back sooner rather than later. Probably not play this week, but I do believe Godwin is going to be back uh, quicker than people think. It just didn't look like it was a serious uh, hamstring injury, and they wanted to take some precautions. Why you saw so many hamstring injuries in training camp to Rashad Perryman, to Russell Gage, to Mike Evans? Well, Evans always gets his yeah. his hamstring uh, injured in training camp. But the thing is, is, is Florida is such a hot and humid uh, tropical climate that the, uh, the hydration that's needed to practice out here as a professional athlete is just, you know, it's just on par. We saw Robert Hainsey starting center cramp yep. up against the Dolphins. So uh, these receivers, they, they take a bunch of fluid in and they try their best, but it's just one of those things that happens. So a lot of times these injuries happen. Uh, in Tampa, we saw Mike Evans back in 2019, Bruce Arians' first year, catch a touchdown against the Colts and pull a hamstring. He's out for the year. So it's just something that ha- that goes with, with the territory with this climate. Chris Godwin's injury, though, had nothing to do with the climate. And I don't think that that it was as severe as some of these other hamstrings we've seen happen uh, during the Bucks receivers in training camp. Do we blame Tom Brady for throwing such a low ball that may have factored into the hamstring injury? Yeah. yeah, it's all on Tom Brady. Uh, we do we do have a super chat here. We have one from Mr. Bucks Nation. Thank you so much, Mr. Bucks yeah, Nation. We have one here that. from Giovanni, $5 super chat. Thank you very much. And if you guys super chat us, we will make sure we get to your question ASAP. Right. So thank you for everyone that super chats us. Uh, Giovanni says, O-line looked well in the run game, can be better pass blocking. But if the D can play like that, Bucks will do great things. The O with Brady will be fine. I agree with pretty much everything you said. Mm-hmm. I mean, this looked like a a team that won last night. It looked like they had a defensive coach because they ran the ball. Yeah. There's a lot of ground and pound. It was play yeah. great defense. They ran the ball. 
They had one turnover. But yeah, I'm I'm in full agreement. They they play to the the strengths of their weakest offensive lineman, if that makes sense, which was yeah. Luke Edeke. He's much better as a run blocker. And as you pointed out, Scott, on yesterday's show in Peter Reports group chat, like they ran the ball the majority of the time to the left side behind sure this rookie left guard that you never know when you put in a rookie, especially an offensive lineman, when you have to oh, protect yeah. the quarterback. Like that's a big coin flip right there. That, that's a big right. risk. And Josh Wells, who played all of the second half after you know Donovan Smith got injured mm -hmm. in the first half. So you're talking about two. I don't want to say unreliable because like, Wells, you know, has experience yeah. playing in, in key moments, but two guys where it's like, okay, would you rather go with Tristan Wirfs and Shaq Mason or Luke Edeke and, and Josh Wells? Right. Like, most of the well, time you would say Wirfs and, and Mason, but no, yeah. they went to the left side. They did for a couple of reasons. Number one, because if, if you, if you, if you're going to face Micah Parsons, you want to face him as a tackling linebacker, not as a pass rushing linebacker or edge rusher right because that Micah Parsons is dangerous got the Buccaneers Tom Brady twice on third down last night and so I I think that what they wanted to do is okay if you're going to line up Mark, Micah Parsons uh, at at the the right outside linebacker spot of that right defensive end spot or, or put him uh, in in the b gap against Gedeke we're going to run the ball and we're going to we're going to make him tackle rather than pin his ears back and come after Brady and also too I think same thing with, with Osa Odigizua. When you look at Lou Gedeke going up against Odigizua, mm -hmm. uh, th that was a, a matchup where Odigizua won that a couple times due to quickness, but just go right at the guy. He's 6'2", 280 pounds. Same thing with Dorrance Armstrong, uh, who played defensive end opposite Donovan Smith and Josh Wells and, and, uh, and Terrell Basham, too, who also got hurt in the game. Uh, all those guys are undersized. So the Buccaneers mm -hmm. did the, the smart thing and play to their strength, which is running the ball, because Luke Edeke is not that great of a pass protector. I didn't have time to put up a graphic and create it, but I did put it in my two-point conversion column, which just went up. I put it in, in the chat. Uh, just listen to me here and, and heed the, the words of wisdom from Pro Football Folk. is not the gospel when it comes to offensive line grades, but certainly a, uh, you know, a, a credible outlet. At least they, they try. To, to dish out grades. So Robert Hainsey's run blocking grade last night was 72.6. His pass blocking grade, 36.8. Gedeke's run blocking grade, 66.7. His pass blocking grade, 31.8. Josh Wells's run blocking grade, 80.6. His pass blocking grade, 59.3. Donovan Smith's run blocking grade before he went out uh, early in the second quarter, Maybe it was the late, late part of the first, 83.3. And Donovan Smith's pass blocking grade, remember he gave up the sack, 5.4. So just, just based upon those statistics, you know, are, are you upset that Tom Brady didn't throw for 350 yards and sprayed around the yard throwing the ball 50 times? Well, that's dumb. I mean, I'm sorry if you have Brady on your fantasy football team. I do too. But I also had Josh Allen, so I'm fine because I played <laughs> underdog fantasy's best ball. So I get Josh Allen's numbers, not Tom Brady's. But my point is this. Todd Bowles is is ushering in a new type of, of system. It's called Bowles ball. It's very similar to Dungy ball. And it might bore the hell out of you, but it's going to win some games because he's playing to the Bucks' strengths, as Matt pointed out, running the ball 
using Leonard Fournette, uh, and then using some play action, systematically using Brady and these wide receivers that he has at his disposal, but not subjecting Brady to the hits and the sacks that he would have received had he dropped back 50 times and, and another 13 more pass attempts. It might have resulted in a couple sacks and hits and, and Brady, maybe a fumble. Uh, so I, I appreciate the game plan. I think it was winning football. It reminded me a lot of, of Dungy ball back in the 1990s with Tony Dungy and Todd Bowles is an old school coach. And, and I don't think we're going to see the Bucks average 30, 31 points per game. I don't think you're going to see Tom Brady throwing for over 5,000 yards this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if this team gets a win over the saints and gets a win maybe over the, the Rams this year, because they're more balanced on offense. If the Bucks continue to just keep dropping back and passing the ball a la a oh, oh and playing good defense by the way that's that's yes. a big, that's a big component defense. yes but if if the bucks continue to keep dropping back and slinging it around they i don't know they probably still could have held on to win the game but it would have been razor thin it would have been very close brady would have gotten yep. eaten alive just by the way that uh the, the pass blocking was going and you know what if i told you the bucks were going to win last night by two touchdowns. Would you sign yeah. up sign up for that? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But you wouldn't think in your head like, oh, it would be 19 to three and you'd win by 16 points. You would have thought, oh, okay, the Bucks probably won like, you know, 31 14 or, or something like that. And, yeah. you know, you mentioned like Dungy Ball and obviously. Well, and, and actually, hold on. And Matthew Sams brings up a good point. Dungy Ball was no quarterback. That's what this I is, want to. This isn't Dungy Ball. This is Bulls Ball. This That's... is. Yeah. Same type of thing. Run the ball and play great defense. Oh, but you have the best quarterback in the league, too. So that that's what I want to say. And obviously, you, you covered the Bucs for way longer than I did. But I think, you know, when the Bucs, when their defense was at their best, and obviously they had multiple Hall of Famers and Rondé Barber, who should be a Hall of Famer, yeah. it was still always the defense had to carry not just a game, but like the season for the Bucs right. because they never really had that offense that could really get it going. That's not the case with this team. Did That's the right. offense like the offense move the ball down the field? We talked about this a little mm -hmm. bit on last night's show, and I would recommend everyone if you haven't watched it or listened to it yet, please yeah. go out and do so. The well, and, and I'll tell you why, ball. Matt, because because it, not only did we do the podcast into the <laughs> one o'clock hour Eastern yeah. time last night, it we had about five thousand people join us too, which was fantastic. Yeah, but really, it, it was really actually the best podcast we've ever done at Peter Report. It was, and we're we're actually going to top it today. So congratulations to everyone. That is uh, watching, listening. I feel to this. pretty good you about it. Going, yeah, yeah. You, the, you're witnessing history today at 4:16 on a Monday, and at 4:20 we're having roll call today, man. Yeah, tell us where you're at, Peter. People, we got great fans all over the place. That's coming up in four minutes, so be ready. Tell us where you are watching from. But yeah, the final point that I just wanted to make was th this isn't like the old Bucks. You still yeah. have the great defense, and I think they are going to be a top five defense this year. But the offense is still going to score. They're just going yeah. to score in different ways. Will there be a game this year where Brady does have to chuck it around, maybe 50 passing attempts, 51? Yeah, yeah, but they can do that. They have the firepower to go out and do that. It just That doesn't have to be the game plan literally every single time. <laughs> Styles make fights, you know? <laughs> I was... <laughs> Shout out, Michael. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm hey, delirious. As long as, you have, um, as long as you're having fun, today. you know, that's yeah. that's great. We're going to have, have some fun today. We are. Yeah. You know, and, and the thing is, in, in about uh, 20 minutes, I got to wait till later in the show, because if I start drinking this IPA right now from Pirate Republic, this take no quarter IPA, I'm literally going to die. 
it probably will be the, the most watched podcast we've ever done because uh, Scott Reynolds is going to die today. Not that this is bad. It's just that I'm like, this is, I think, 7.4% and I'm very tired. So. But we're going to give it a go. We're going to see. Maybe, maybe I'll die live on the show. Although we do have a company rule of no dying during football season. So, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, listen, try I, I, I want you to stay alive. I very much want you to stay alive. The views, Don't want to be publisher, Matt? Come on the, now, it's fine. The, the views, I think we might get like our highest viewed show of all time. That's true. We just maybe it's like, a heart attack. But no, this is actually good stuff. I'm not saying this is going to kill you. This is actually going to make me feel really good. It's just I might be having so much fun, I might pass out. And then who knows? So we'll see. Um, but listen, uh, speaking of fun, um, we had a lot of fun doing Pewter Report's tailgate show. That's the Celsius Pewter Report tailgate show uh, presented by Age Rejuvenation live at Walk-On. So we're going to be doing it again this Sunday. And it's going to be at the Midtown location. That's the Midtown Walk-Ons prior uh, two hours prior to kickoff. So this Sunday show with kickoff being one o'clock, we're going to be live at Walk-Ons. Myself, J.C. Allen, maybe Bailey Adams will show up if he gets back from Dallas in time. And former Bucks tight end John Gilmore. We're going to be there doing everything Bucks and Saints related prior to kickoff. And at, at 11 o'clock, that's when the show starts. And then at 1 o'clock, that's when Matt Matera and Casey Hudson take over. Pewter game day, live in-game analysis. Have not had a chance to watch the show because I was doing the, the, the pregame show and then racing back home to cover the Bucks game, but I heard nothing but rave reviews for you and Casey. Can't wait to watch that show uh, probably later tonight or tomorrow. But make sure that you're watching it here on Pewter Report TV. We're closing in on 9,300 subscribers to our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV. Make sure that you are subscribed to Pewter Report TV. We, we want to see that number grow to 10,000. We're, we're well on our way. So we greatly appreciate uh, you Pewter people for that. And uh, speaking of pewter people, Matt, we always do this thing on, on Mondays, and we like to do it on Victory Mondays because we even have more of a full house, I think, because Buccaneer fans like to party, especially when their team wins, and, and why wouldn't they? But we do this thing called Roll Call. Roll Call! Tell us where you're at, pewter people. We have awesome fans watching all over the country and even out of the country, too. So whether you're watching from Tampa, the state of Florida, or on yep. the west coast of the United States, or whether you're watching from Brazil, China, Finland, England, yep. Germany, whatever it may be, please tell us where you're watching from. We'll put it up on the screen. Matt's going to do that. I'm going to tell you about my weekend on my bookie, which was absolutely horrific, if not for two teams. One of those teams was the Buccaneers, because I threw down uh, 20 large on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers last night, and I won. And the other team that I won uh, on my bookie that, that really came through for me, and I mean, I, it was a bloodbath, folks. It was it was not pretty. It wasn't my bookie's fault. It was my fault for making the bad picks. But the other team that made me really happy with the win was my Kansas State Wildcats. Emaw. That means every man a Wildcat. And uh, what was significant about this was not the fuck that I won, not the fact that I won twenty bucks, but. The fact that I also won some barbecue because I won my bet with none other than the most handsome quarterback in Tampa Bay, Blaine Gabbert. That's right. Blaine Gabbert owes me some barbecue, and I can't wait. Uh, we're going to have a barbecue dinner, probably talk a little football, but he's a Midwestern guy. I'm a Midwestern guy. We always like barbecue. So we're going to have uh, uh, this, and I'll probably wear some purple to rub it in, in Blaine's uh, face that uh, the K-State won. 
interesting fun fact, though, for Blaine that he was undefeated against Kansas State when he was the quarterback there. And of course, bringing this full circle back to the Buccaneers, Blaine Gabbert is undefeated. Actually, the Buccaneers are undefeated when Blaine Gabbert plays in the game. That was last year. So I think the Buccaneers, uh, you know, they were lucky to win last night since they didn't play Blaine. But last year, I want to say they were 6-0, and Matt. Does that sound right? 6-0 and when, when Blaine played last year? They were undefeated. I can guarantee you yeah. that when Blaine Gabbert played. Yeah. So uh, a nice rebound win for me, my bookie, with the Buccaneers coming through last night. Uh I get a hard time picking the Bucks against the Saints, though. I just do. And, and we're, we're going to have our predictions later in the week. But as a, I, something has to change for me to not pick the Saints. I've just picked the Saints to lose too many times. I just thought this this is going to be the time when the Bucks finally snap the record. They have lost four in a row. This is They're, they're going to snap the streak, you know, and then they would lose. Well, this is it. This is like, come on, six games in a row. They've, this is going to be the game. This Sunday night game at home is going to be the game. Nope, it wouldn't. All right. That that was the it's, case. It's seven. It's seven now, folks. You've got to show me, Tampa Bay. You've got to show me that you can beat these guys for me to, to pick you. And so, you know what? I would be happy to be wrong. Uh, you guys would love it. The team would love it if they finally snapped the streak. I'm sick and tired of talking about it, but I just can't pick the Buccaneers to beat the Saints until they do it. And that, that little win that was a big win in the playoffs – doesn't count because it doesn't count for this regular season streak. It counted in 2020. It was the best win of them all. It was the best game of them all from a yep. perspective, but they just got to do it before I can, I can pick against them. Or That's how I felt them. last year. That's how I felt last year. It's like, all right, like this is the time that they beat the saints. This is the year that yeah. they're going to do it yeah. in the regular season. And like, they were most equipped, especially in that Sunday night game, you know, you had Taysom Hill as the quarterback. Like this seemed like it was going to be a win for the Bucs and just didn't happen again. So yeah. I'm kind of with you. It's like, you have to prove it to me at this point. There was a lot of times last year where, you know, picking Bucks games, you, even if it was a good opponent, I was like, all right, well, the Bucs are the defending champs and, right. you know, to be the man, you got to beat the man. So right. you got to give you the benefit of the doubt with the Bucs. And, you know, another opponent that they play this year that they've struggled with, the past couple seasons is the Rams. And I know the Rams look pitiful, uh, you know, on yeah. opening night uh, against the Buffalo Bills. I'm, but I'm just going to say one thing real quick. And I don't, sure. I'm going to pull a Mark Cook and just be captain interruption. Not do it. Up. Here's the thing, folks. You got to understand week one in the NFL is the most effed up, crazy, whacked out week. You're yep. going to see more wacky shit in week one than you are in any other week. Okay. Remember last year. What happened last year, right? The the Saints in Jacksonville yeah. crushed the Packers. What thirty eight to three? Jameis Winston had five touchdowns, yeah. and it, it looked like Aaron Rodgers and, and and the the Packers were just doomed. Okay, fast forward to the end of the year. If my memory serves me correctly, Jameis was on IR. The Saints were nine and eight and missed the playoffs. That ended up being Sean Payton's last year in New Orleans, and the Packers rebounded to thirteen and four and had the top seed in the NFC. So before you get ready to bury the Rams or the Packers or anybody else, just know it's week one. It's the most overreactive week that there is. Yeah. I think the only real takeaways that we can take from yesterday's uh, week uh, in conclusion, and I guess it concludes tonight, but I'm just saying the Sunday slate of games is this. Uh, this play right here, 
just killed the Cowboys season. That's Shaq yeah. Barrett messing up Dak Prescott's hand. The Cowboys are dead. You can bury them. If you're the Eagles, you probably need to send Shaq Barrett a thank you card because you just handed the Eagles, or maybe it's the Giants. Maybe it's Ryan Dable and the Giants. Who knows? But it's not going to be the Cowboys winning the NFC East this year. It's just not. So we can take that to the bank. Okay. Yeah, That's yeah. the fact. They're done. And the other thing that you can always rely on is the Falcons choking. They're oh the best at it. They're the absolute best. There's no other team that chokes better than the Atlanta Falcons. If you had a Super Bowl for choking, you would just hand them the trophy. Right. Fact, that wouldn't would even be, be a game. It would be the Atlanta Falcons uh, trophy for choking. Yeah. I mean, they would actually engrave their name on it. That's how good they are at losing football games. I thought the Buccaneers during the Raheem Morris, Greg Schiano, Lovey Smith, Dirk Cutter years, decade of, of losing was, was bad. And I thought that the Buccaneers were – we're, we're getting really, really good at giving games away. No, they got nothing on the Falcons. Nothing. I mean, the Falcons lose meaningless games, choking them away. They lose, uh, you know, games that do have some meaning, like like the the Saints game in Week One in in your nest, right? And then, of course, the, the, they lose the most consequential games, like the Super Bowl, allowing Tom Brady to come back. Yeah, choke Atlanta Falcons. That's right. I call them the Mylanta Falcons because the bucket, you know, Buccaneer fans, you know, they had their share of of antacids during that awful stretch of football <laughs> we witnessed in the 2000s. But I mean, Atlanta is just Mylanta, baby. Like you need some antacids. I don't. I, they must serve that at the stadium. Like you know, you know, get your beer, get your get your Mylanta. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it, it's it's comical, but it's also predictable with the Falcons. Scott, it's wild too, because like before Atlanta made the Super Bowl years ago with the 28 to three, they had a reputation for like Matt Ryan would lead them with like 30 seconds left. And they'd come back and hit like game winning yeah. field goals and things like that. And then as soon as the 28 to three thing happened, it's just choke city yeah. nonstop. I knew that game was done yeah. when, uh, you know, the saints didn't even get the ball back yet before they, uh, scored the touchdown and did not get the two or no, it was yeah. after they scored the touchdown, but they didn't get the two point conversion. Yeah. But the Falcons had the ball. I think it was like third and one yeah. and Mariota took the snap yeah. under center. They were you at about knew. like midfield you knew right and there. Just, that was and it. He just, and he just fumbled the snap, fumbled the snap, yeah. recovered, could not get the first down. Yeah. And then the saints get the ball. And what was it? The first play, James, yeah. Chucks it down the left side of the field. There was like two Falcons in coverage. Jar Jarvis you know, Landry. Well, the, the one cornerback was just like, I think I'm going to let Jarvis Landry run yeah. by me. Oh, wait, Jarvis Landry ran by me. I've got to yeah. go cover him. It was awful. I mean, it was just, it was predictable. It, because once once Mariota did what, you know, the Falcons do, which is choke, you just knew that that this was going to be over. And and the most astonishing thing is Jameis Winston finally beats Marcus Mariota. I know. <laughs> it looked like it was going to happen for three quarters, but it did. I was going to so. say it was the uh, the Jameis Mariota game that everyone's been looking for. I think that's Jameis's first win against Mariota because he, he lost to him in college. And then obviously yeah. everyone remembers the, yeah. the, the, the first game of both of their careers and the pick six by Jameis. The Bucks that, uh, weren't going to be ready. I remember that game, Lovey Smith. Boy, what a what an absolute shit show that was. I will say this: Jameis Winston was. I mean, you, you want to talk about a crazy statistic? I, you know, I, I don't have like access to ESPN stats and and all of these these uh, stat services, but 
find me another quarterback whose tenure with the team began with a pick six on his first play and ended with a pick six on his last throw. I mean, find me another quarterback in the NFL history that's done that. Is, is there another quarterback that's done that on the same team where his tenure starts with a pick six on his first throw and ends on a, on a pick six? I don't know. I'm guessing we made history there. Yeah. yeah, on home turf. The only Well, Brett Favre didn't finish career with the Packers, but – if I was going to guess, I'd be like, okay, maybe Brett Favre because, maybe, he, uh, yeah. But I know Brett Favre won multiple MVPs, won a Super Bowl, and is a Hall of Famer. Uh, not exactly the same case with Jameis Winston. It will be interesting. And, you know, we'll talk about Bucks Saints yeah. later in the week. But it, it is interesting to wonder what type of Saints team that the Bucks will see because they did not look good at no, all <laughs> in that first half, especially not. the offensive line. Yeah. But, you know, one thing they got going for them, and sure, like Jameis is Jameis. Um, you never know what kind of Jameis that you're you're going to yeah. get. The Bucks will be facing better wide receivers next week than they did against the, the Cowboys. Yes. I mean, obviously you had C.D. Lamb, who's talented, but, you know, they shut him down, two catches, yeah. checked out of the game. But, you know, Michael Thomas came back. Obviously, we're looking forward to Carlton Davis against him because there's a lot of bad blood there. Like, Chris Olave looked pretty good, in my opinion. Yeah. Landry still has a little gas left in the he tank. Made that big catch. Especially so. when he's wide open. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he gets the ball really well when he's wide open. And so, hey, he did better than Christian Watson for the Packers. That's true. That's a fact. <laughs> yep. uh, shout out Matthew here. Thank you so much for the super chat. He says, That's a great name, isn't it, Matt? Matthew. Awesome. Fantastic name. Uh, can't argue against that. Can't argue, can't argue against the numbers. Uh, New Orleans, then Green Bay and Kansas City at home. We need two out of three, and best loss would be to Kansas City out of the division and conference. Only 47 likes. Are you charging to hit? I don't understand that last part. No, I, I think what he's saying is, is we only have 47 likes. And listen, I agree with, with Matthew. We need more likes. So what yeah. we're going to do is we're going to put up a little reminder here for everybody to subscribe to the Peter Report YouTube channel, which is Peter Report TV. Hit the like button in all of our videos. What does that do, Matthew? It helps us with our algorithm. If you That's want right. more Tampa Bay Buccaneers content, it gets that out. It gets the Peter Report TV, the YouTube yeah. channel, gets all of that content information out there. And we put up a video a little bit earlier today, just a locker room roundup from a post game. Bailey Adams, of course, was in Dallas yep. uh, at the Great game. So that's some video of Devin White, Levante David. Tom Brady up at the podium, too. So a lot of great stuff there. Um, we have another video coming out uh, after this podcast today on this day in Bucks history. We'll have that coming out each week. So stay tuned for uh, what history the Bucks had on this day, September 12th, uh, many, many years ago. So we're always going to be dropping a, a lot of content, whether it's yep. from the Bucks facility, whether it's our insight here on the podcast or other fun videos Got to find out by liking and subscribing. That's right. It just gives you a heads up, a little head nod. Hey, some new content here and helps more people find out about PeterReport.com. And of course, the Buccaneers, who will be competing for a Super Bowl this year. Yeah. So a lot of great stuff there. Speaking of, of dropping content, boy, there was like a little bit of a Twitter war between yes, Parsons yes, let's get into Leonard that. Fournette. Right? I mean, that was fantastic. Uh, Leonard Fournette, Lenny, what are you doing? You're rushing for 127 yards. You're throwing elbows and shoulders into Micah Parsons. What are you doing, Lenny? What are you doing, Leonard D? Cleaning oh. Micah Parsons and making him cry about it on Twitter. Oh my oh, gosh, he did cry, man. Holy smokes and that was awesome too because it was a sick block and then it was a sick catch by julio jones as well so yeah. all the, the overall play 
was awesome. As Nate here says, truck stick Lenny. Yeah, usually we talk yeah. about truck stick Lenny when he's has the ball and he's running That's over right. a defender. But in this case, he was a uh, pass blocking truck and stick was, Lenny. And it was a, a phenomenal pass block at, at a fantastic moment because that was on Julio Jones's big 48-yard catch down the field. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a that's key what block. Made it, that's what made it so much fun is it was a perfectly executed block and it was a big play down the field that ended up uh, leading to a, a field goal for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that's actually something that we talked about. We'll get to Leonard right after this. But, you know, that's something that we talked about where the Bucs weren't going to be as vertical down the field because of, you know, the shaky pass blocking or whatever it may be. But they are still going to take their shots, and that obviously – was you know the, the big play passing while game for box was deep ball to Julio Jones that tried one later in the game to Julio as well went yeah. incomplete but the whole play was a great microcosm for just you know smash mouth football and and just football being back in general because football yeah. is the best but Micah Parsons was uh, pretty upset with this um after he first of all his tweet was very odd because he had multiple cuss words in there but he <laughs> He said he said ass, but he said a s and then a star next to that. But when he okay. said s h i t, he just completely spelled it. Did not put a star right. in there as well, and then had another uh, choice word for Leonard Fournette. And then who was it? I think it was Von Miller also tweeted about the play and was saying that this should be taken out of the game and blah blah blah. You're, you're I don't... a defensive player, man. That's embarrassing. It just is. It's embarrassing. You're a defensive player, okay? If you're a quarterback, if you're an offensive player, and you're crying about getting hit across the middle, that's one thing, right? I mean, they've legislated the John Lynch safety position out of the NFL because of all of the crying about wide receivers like Torrey Holt going across the middle in 1999 and getting knocked, the, you know what, out. Yeah. And and so they, they changed that to protect the players. Okay, that's that's all well and good. But you're a defensive player, man. Come on, get some stones. That's just ridiculous. And just someone on, and someone on Twitter had a good point too. It's like, all right, well, should they should they outlaw uh, blindside tackles on the quarterback if you're on the quarterback's blindside? Like you can't yeah. listen. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, Mike Parsons got got on that play. You know, yeah. like sure he was looking the other direction, but it was just a great block by Leonard right. Fournette. And you know what, Mike Parsons had a sick game. He had two sacks. He, you know, he, yeah. he looked like the, you know, stud player that he is. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous, too, that, you know, he's crying about this on Twitter. And then a second later, he's like, you guys are funny. Like, I'm just having fun. It's not that big of a deal, whatever it is. Like, dude, you're the one that brought it up and was complaining about it. Right. Listen, the Internet moves so freaking fast. All right. Everyone had their fun. That video got over a million views. So shout out yeah. to whoever put that on Twitter. Two days from now, no one's going to be talking about that play. Again. Right. They're going to be talking about how Michael Parsons did a great job getting to the quarterback, and if he starts sacking the quarterback again next week, that's all they're going to be talking about. It was one play, and it was great by Leonard Fournette. It yeah. was absolutely awesome. But to be crying about it after the fact, when your team got their ass kicked, and you yeah. know the defense to the Cowboys, they did everything that they could do. They only allowed one touchdown, so yeah. credit to the Cowboys' defense. But, you know... Your season after one game looks like it's in the gutter, especially yeah. with the the injury to Dak Prescott. It's like, oh, yeah. dude, get over it and move on. Like, why are you complaining about it and then being like, nah, like I'm good. I'm I'm just yeah. I'm just having fun. I'm just laughing. Like, no, clearly one. you want to either be pissed or not, but just pick one. Yeah, because right? he's like, watch the tape when we went one on one. Watch watch the tape when we did that. All right, 
Relish yeah. in your two sacks and your L. I mean, you know, <laughs> you the good news for you, Mike, is you had two sacks. The bad news is you had an L. That's just how it is. Uh, what I liked about about uh, Leonard Fournette on on that play was was just his swashbuckling attitude, his devil may care a shoulder blow into Micah Parsons. Uh, I, I think Parsons was pillaged on that play. Yeah, and uh, it just reminded me of uh, like if, if Leonard Fournette was here, I would give him this Pirate Republic. I'd just say, Lenny, you deserve this a hell of a lot more than I do. But uh, I'm just going to tell you, folks, if you have yet to try Pirate Republic, uh, you have to. We have had in the past other local brewing companies want to partner with Peter Report, and their product just wasn't up to snuff. It just wasn't. And the folks at Pirate Republic, I've actually been there. I, I went with, with my wife, Ashley, to the Pirate Republic back in, I want to say 2018. We were actually in the Nassau Bahamas. And now fast forward a couple years later, and Pirate Republic is the official beer of Peter Report. And what, what I love about them is, is all three of these beers are home runs. The Long John Pilsner, the Golden Haze of Piracy, which is the Belgian wheat beer. You drop a orange slice in there, it just sets it right off. I am not an IPA fan. I think I've told you this before. I'll tell you again. The Take No Quarter IPA is actually dynamite. It does pack a punch. I said 7.4. It's actually 7.2. I get a little carried away. But th this is their flagship IPA. If you're an IPA fan, you're probably going to love it. I, I really like it. I'm really coming around, not just to all IPAs, but to this one. It's their flagship IPA. It's the Vienna and, and Caramel Malts. They provide their rich backbone. As the Amarillo, the Centennial, and the Cascade hops come to the forefront, citrus, pine, grapefruit flavors, uh, they're really bringing the taste. Dry hopped with Pacific Jade to add notes of blackberry and pepper for aroma. Folks, Pirate Republic, just it just hits different. It really does. Live life in your own terms. Y'all are pirates, right? You follow a team that's nothing but pirates, pirates like Leonard Fournette. So why don't you drink a pirate beer and just come full circle? I'm going to do that right now. And here's, I'm going to tell you where you can get Pirate Republic. You can get Pirate Republic. And we tweeted out a couple of local bar locations. We'll, we'll do that again. But if you want to buy them in six pack and four packs, you can get them at Total Wine and More, participating Total Wine and More's, ABC Liquors, Lucan's Liquors, and Party Liquors in the Tampa area. So it's, it's absolutely fantastic. And it's late enough in the show right now. So if I pass out, Matt, you can handle the rest of it. But this is yeah. a damn beer. And I'm going to part of this. Victory Monday. I had a uh, Long John Pilsner after the mm. the show yesterday. That's my personal favorite pirate. Republic. After the you show, go... after the like, show, yeah, one thirty in the morning. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, why not? I was uh, listen. I had a Celsius during the show. I knew I was going to be up. That's true. There you go. Yeah, it was a one yeah. celebratory beer. You know, I I thought we had some right. good shows. The Bucks won. We had some good content. So, I, I'm, so... I'm seeing. I, we have this. Lenny isn't drinking Pirate Republic. He's drinking like a Parsons <laughs> tea. <laughs> great That's comment. Funny. Great comment. That That's why we love the pewter people. We love when you yeah. guys get involved um, with the chat. We love when you make us laugh on the show. I mean, yeah. Scott's been cracking up this whole time. Been. So it's not hard either with me, yeah. especially right now. Uh, <laughs> I'll say this: Coquiefed. Uh, yes, I went back. That's what I want to get to next. Coquiefed. Went back and watched the tape today, and this guy had I think fifteen or sixteen plays. He accounted by my count of for 62 yards rushing. Yeah. And every time he now, here's the only problem. Every time he was in, and the Saints, I guarantee you, Dennis Allen's gonna be looking at this saying, okay, every time 41's in the game, they're gonna run the ball. So it is a tell. They gotta do something to kind of break that tendency in week two. And I almost wonder 
if Byron Leftwich wasn't setting up Dennis Allen a little bit, right? right. And and going, oh, we're going to go base personnel, right? And we're going to have Coquift in there blocking. Uh, they're going to run the ball, and they're going to do that. I mean, trust me, Coquift is a hell of a lead blocker. He was was one of the the lead blocking tight ends on Leonard Fournette's 17 yard run, the first one, and also on that 12 yard end around by Julio Jones. So Coquift was a fantastic blocker in this game, and I just wonder though, Matt, if if in week two they come out in some some personnel packages that have Coquift and they pass the ball trying to catch the Saints, watching that film and studying it and saying, that dude's in there 15, 16 times. Every time 41's in there, they run the ball. That's a key. That's a tell. And then all of a sudden, Tom Brady comes out and slings the ball over the yard. Yeah, at some point, you, you have to mix it up or it becomes too obvious. I think if you go all the way back to, like, you know, the Wildcat or the Saints running it with Taysom Hill, there was yeah. a long time. All Taysom Hill did was run the ball. So teams right. would key in on that and then – he started passing it, so it's a little bit different. Obviously, Coquif isn't isn't a uh, you know, isn't a quarterback by any means. Yeah. But I was so surprised, Scott, when I was you know going through the the snap counts to earlier today and doing the snap count analysis. I saw the sixteen snaps, and I had to do a double take because it felt like he was on the field much more than that. I mean, if you want to talk about an impactful sixteen mm-hmm. snaps, yeah, he got hit a bang for his buck every single time he was on the field. I mean, he did a great job getting to that second level, uh, going after Leighton Vander Esch or, you know, yeah. taking on a defensive lineman. I think this is going to well. happen. I think this is going to happen. I think Coquip's going to catch his first pass against the Saints. I, what, what I think is going to happen is I think you're going to see play action and Keep's going to go out like he's like, and and they use him not just in a, in a fullback, like at an eye formation, but like right. off. They line him right? up on, they line him yeah. up on the line of screen. They, they had eye. a lot of three tight end sets with Keith as the first tight end next to Inside the offensive end. tackle. Yeah. yeah. And then Kate Odden and Cam Braid. So yeah, they're, they'll put him pretty much everywhere. I would love to see like, you know, first and goal from the one yard line play action. And Coquive goes to the outside and to the yeah. flat and, uh, you know, catches a touchdown yeah. there. And I tell you what, Kate Otten, too, man, we talked about this last night. It bears repeating. Not just the great blocks he threw in an offense. The dude made two special teams tackles. Yes. Both he and K.J. Britt had two special teams tackles. And for Jake Camarda to go out there in his first game, <laughs> kick a 63-yarder on the third attempt because the first two didn't count, uh, then then he goes out and, and nails two inside the 20 Cavante Turpin has one punt return for three yards and then averaged 19 yards on three kick returns. That's winning football, man. That's, mm-hmm. you know, th- that was a huge thing. I mean, when, when Todd Bowles, who, you know, I, I think he's, he's like Billy from, um, from predator, you know, remember, remember that movie Is that too old for you? I um, remember watching, Al- I remember watching alien versus predator, Billy, predator, but that's yeah. the chopper, right? Billy is the Indian, yeah. you know, I ain't afraid of no man, you know. So Ty Bowles is like not a, he's not afraid of anybody. He just isn't. But he said he was afraid of this return guy, yeah. Gavante Turpin. And why not? He's he's a hell of a return guy. But the Buck special teams, I mean, you know, Keith Armstrong redeemed himself, right? He did. I mean, holy smokes. <laughs> that was maybe the biggest surprise of the game was the coverage yes. in general. One the last thing on, on, on Kate Otten. I thought he got better as the game went on, too. Yes. Obviously, we're just talking about as a blocker. Early on, he struggled a little bit. I mean, one of them, he was asked to to block uh, Lawrence and struggled with that. But you know, a, a lot of a lot of offensive players would would struggle with that type of task. Yeah. Um, 
where, you know, he got either pushed back or is more of like a stalemate, but he got better as the game on, which I think right. is very important. And one of the funny things about the Kamara punt, obviously the first one went off the scoreboard. I was watching the replay replay again today. I, I didn't notice it the first time when I was on the live stream, but when they showed the replay of the ball hitting the, uh, the ball hitting the scoreboard. Come on. It wasn't not like that it was bad. Just at its peak. What's up? Keyshawn Vaughn's not that bad. I mean, that's a hell of a comment, but I had to yeah, put he's that. Not that bad. He's not that bad. He actually had a really good preseason. It just, they like Rashad White. And, hey, and, he, had uh, the, he had the huge run last year against against the Panthers, too. Like, he's shown something. Guantanamo Bay. Oh, my gosh. Wow. All right. Yeah, that's a rough one. It that's is rough. One. Yeah. This guy's um, throwing, uh, Scott, I will say, this guy yeah. is throwing a lot of shade at Keyshawn Vaughn. He I, is. I, I don't know if that's. If that's necessarily fair, but um, if you want shade and privacy in your own home, I think you should be. No, I don't think. I know you should be going to Florida One Eye Curtains. I think you're damn right, Matthew. I'll tell you what. Listen, I, I have Florida One Eye Curtains, uh, curtains at my house, and it's, it's something I should have done years ago. I, I'm just kicking myself for not doing it years before. And the reason why is because it's a great investment. We live in Florida because of the warm weather. And you always get complaints about all these Florida homes. They're built right on top of each other. I don't live in a mansion where I've got all this property and yard. I mean, I live in a community like most people do. And you get your neighbors, you know, within earshot, right? And if you want some privacy, uh, whether, you know, it's it's for your pool, whether it's for your, your screened in uh, enclosure, your lanai, the folks at Florida lanai curtains, can absolutely help you. And sometimes you just want some shade. We love the Florida sun. We love getting the suntans and being out in the warm weather. Sometimes though, it can be a little too hot and overbearing. And that's where Florida Lanai Curtains also comes in because they can solve both these problems, the heat and your nosy neighbors with the privacy on demand, patented outdoor privacy curtain system and their custom made screen enclosure shade sales. Their flexible installation options and high-quality products give you privacy and shade just where you need it. Privacy on demand. The outdoor curtains are made from the well-known Sunbrella brand of marine canvas, and that's what sold me. I actually had them come out and do a free in-home estimate, and they actually brought the fabric out, and they said, see how thick and durable this is? This is going to hold up to the Florida thunderstorms. It's going to hold up to the Florida sun, and it comes with a 10-year fade-free warranty and it's available in over 100 colors to match your outdoor space in your house. And their unique shade sales, which I don't have those. I, I really didn't need those, but I do have the curtains. But if you really are looking for some shade, maybe, you know, you, you've got some, some sensitivity to the sun or maybe you're getting up there and you've already had enough sun in your life. Well, Sola Mesh uh, is, is the product that they use. It comes with a 10-year warranty against degradation, and they're built to give you the shade and UV protection for years to come. If you want or need privacy or shade, you want more freedom to enjoy your screened in lanai, your pool, your outdoor space, visit Florida Lanai Curtains website at lanaicurtains.com. I implore you to do that because you're gonna find out they've got some amazing custom products that they can install for you. And you can do your own hassle-free instant online estimate. It's a great investment. Call 813-337-2511 to schedule a free in-home consultation. That's Florida Lanai Curtains at lanaicurtains.com. I'll tell you this right now. I'm going to be perfectly candid with you. Uh, they're, they're not the cheapest thing for your home, but they're a great investment. I actually hadn't come out 
and I waited about three months and I thought about it and I got the tax return and I said, okay, I'm going to do this. And I've absolutely loved it. It's, it's a quality product and it's added value to my home and uh, I just can't recommend it enough. Florida Line Cards. Yeah, make sure you check that out. Uh, we got another super chat here from Marquise Davis. Thank you very much for the $5 super chat. He says, how do you guys feel about the tight end production when it comes to receiving? Cam Brate dropping passes last night and I was just shaking my head. Cam <laughs> Brate. Listen, there's no there's no replacing Rob Gronkowski. Um, that that goes without saying. And I think from what we saw, like Cambray still has potential as a receiver. I'm not going to throw him to the wayside yeah. because he had like one Cam. bad game and he had one drop. Yeah, we like Cam, friend of the program, been on the podcast the before. Um, I think, and Todd Bowles has talked about this too, where because you're not going to replace Gronk with just one singular player, I think that's why they built up the wide receiver room so much. Yeah. That's why you have... Russell Gage and Julio Jones. And I understand who, uh, Russell Gage didn't really do much in last game, but there's 16 more games for him to do that, especially with Chris Godman going to miss, uh, you know, probably the next three or four or whatever it may be. Yeah. So I think they're really going to combat the tight end production with just either going four wide or just relying a lot more on the receivers in general with Julio Jones and Russell Gage. And, you know, what you're going to get with Mike Evans. And you know, they'll sprinkle in the tight end here and there, whether it's Cam Brate making a key third down catch. And that's why you have, you know, Lombardi Lenny, who's a great receiving right. running back, 69 receptions last year. I think that was third in the NFL. And Rashad White, I think you're going to see more of an impact as a receiver than a runner. So it's not necessarily about it's it's about replacing the production, but it doesn't have to be production specifically from the tight end position. They'll get it done in different ways. And again, also, when you run the ball for over 150 yards, yeah. that's one way to keep moving the ball down the field and getting, help, and getting help from the tight ends just from blocking right. and not receiving. But your question, of course, was about receiving. It's, it's all about the other players that they added, not necessarily yeah. getting the production from one tight end in specific. Right. Sooner rather than later, Kate Otten is going to be the starting tight end. It's going to happen this year. I mean, they like what this kid can do. He's playing more than Coquif. So as much as you like Coquif, and I get it, he's become a little bit of a cult hero yeah. in Tampa and well-deserved. But the, this kid, you know, uh, Kate Otten, he is he's a, a player. Number 88 there on your program. Uh, this guy is tenacious. He needs to work on his technique a little bit. He's only going to get better as he hits the weight room on the NFL level and gets a little stronger. But this kid is ten tenacious. He he wants it. He wants to be great. He's got a great football IQ. He's already developing rapport with Brady. We've seen that in practice behind the scenes, Matt. It's only a matter of time. And you saw him. Even in that Tennessee game, he caught a, a big pass. No, it was the Colts game. Caught yeah. a big pass from, yeah, from, from, from Gabbert, most mm -hmm. handsome quarterback in Tampa. And uh, and, and I think that, that he's going to end up overtaking Cam Brady as, as that number one tight end. And we've already seen, and Matt, we, you and I talked about it. Kyle Rudolph was not impressive in training camp. No. He's strictly a depth piece. He is not the the old uh, Kyle Rudolph from the Minnesota Vikings days. This guy is slow, has a hard time catching the ball, can't do much with it when he does catch the ball. I think he is an emergency blocking tight end. You saw the fact that that he was was not dressed on Sunday night. He was inactive, so they went with both rookies and Cam Brate. And I think that's partly because he can't play special teams either. Kate Otten played 12 reps on special teams and was the leader in terms of snap counts at the at the uh, the special teams position. And uh, and also Coquif can can play on special teams too. Both those guys can run. Old man Rudolph can't. 
but it, it's good to have him in case you need him. If there's an injury to one of those other tight ends, then you plug in an experienced guy, I guess. But it didn't come as a shock to me that Rudolph was inactive last night. Yeah, I was asked right before this show started. I was on Beckles and Retro, and they were asking me about Kyle Rudolph. And I essentially said, he's an insurance policy at this point. When you brought him in, you thought maybe he could do something. But then Kate Otten just impressed everybody right. in, in training camp in the preseason. And you mentioned like what he did on, on special teams. They were productive special team snaps. It wasn't like yeah. he was just a body out there. He made the two tackles. He made impact plays. So Kate Otten, a great start. And I do think the receiving... It will come along as the season goes. You know, you're not yep. going to see a finished product in one game of the season. As we talked about, week one's crazy. There's so right. many different stuff going on. And sure, you didn't get you didn't get a lot of production receiving from the tight ends, but that doesn't mean that they had an impact on the game. I mean, this whole show has pretty much been about the tight ends, and deservingly so. Yeah, we like tight ends, Matt. We do. Uh, I will say this: when you're talking about next week and the Saints, you got to make sure that you tune into the Pewter Report tailgate show right here on Pewter Report TV on our YouTube channel. And you can also watch us on Facebook and Twitter and, uh, and all those other great places. But this is the Celsius Pewter Report tailgate show presented by Age Rejuvenation live at Walk-Ons in Midtown, folks. If you're not sure where Walk-Ons in Midtown is, we're going to throw up this little graphic here. Ooh, look at that chicken sandwich. Looks pretty good, right? Very nice. I'm going to have some fantastic food at the walk-ons in Midtown. It's the new, their new location right down the street from the stadium, but uh, there's no Bucks game at home. That's in New Orleans next week. But you can come hang out with me and JC and ex-Bucks tight end John Gilmore, who has joined the Pewter Report staff on game days. There's John right there. He was a blocking tight end under the John Gruden and Raheem Morris uh, uh, years and replaced Anthony Becton in that role. So uh, John's a great guy. Come out and say hello to all of us. We'd love to see you guys. They've got some great drink specials at Walk-Ons. But more importantly, after the Pewter Report tailgate show, which starts at 11 a.m. on Sunday, you can tune in and stay tuned to Pewter Game Day with Matt Matera and Casey Hudson. That's live in-game analysis starting at 1 o'clock. So it's a fantastic way to start your day. All things Buccaneer. You don't have to worry about watching you know, any of the, the network shows waiting for that five minutes where they discuss the Buccaneers. We talk Buccaneer football for about two hours prior to kickoff. It's a great place. Nobody knows the Bucs better than the Peter Report staff. I make sure of that. But um, it's it's fantastic. And we love you, Peter people. And I'll tell you what, Peter Report fans and, and readers and watchers and viewers and, and whatever you are, you guys are absolutely awesome. Your comments, your questions are bar none. You are some of the most educated fans yeah. out there like and and we're 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 proud that you choose the peter report podcast to watch and peter report tailgate and peter report game day are fantastic options for you if you like the peter report podcast tune us tune in uh, to our show on sunday and check us out yes please do please do because it was an awesome time on sunday scott you and jc and john did an awesome job and casey and i had a lot of fun doing the game and you know, the whole point why we're doing it, too, is we love interacting with the yes, fans. And and when we do the, you know, the in-game analysis, we have we usually have it synced up on our TVs where it's about a play behind because we want you guys to watch the game live. And then when Mike Evans makes a great touchdown catch, we want you guys to go, oh, that was awesome. Now I can't wait to see Matt and Casey's reaction to it or whatever it may be. So that's exactly oh, you know, you, why we you do mean, these live streams. You mean something like that? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Tom Brady said put that in the uh, Le the Louvre. Yeah, the Louvre. I don't know how you say it. <laughs> Le 
<laughs> I've heard the, the Louvre. I've never like Louvre. actually said it. It's the Louvre, Matthew. <laughs> Louvre. Uh, and uh, just a programming note for everyone. So now that we're in season, a majority of the Bucks games are on Sundays, and um, you know they have, they have the Thursday night game against the Ravens. They have the Monday night game against the uh, the Saints later on. Obviously, they play Saints this Sunday. But when the games are on Sunday, we're gonna have the shows on Monday. Bucks have an off day on Tuesday, so there's no podcast that day. And we'll have shows Wednesday and Thursday, and then of course Sunday with the the tailgate show and the Peter game day. So the the schedule is Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday. So put that on your calendars, making sure that uh, you know you check us out. We're usually at four o'clock, unless you know there's random different changes, but we're normally at four o'clock o'clock, except for the the game day show and the. Uh, Sorry, the tailgate show and the the game day stream. So make sure you check that all out. And uh, before we go, Scott, I think we should tell the good people, the Peter people, about age rejuvenation. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to age rejuvenation because... I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with age rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call age rejuvenation today. Folks, every, every bit of that is true. Uh, even the woman who says she loves shopping now, that's true. You know it. That's the case. But I'll just say this. Uh, I started age rejuvenation about a month ago, and it takes about two or three weeks for the the pellets to kick in. They 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 give you these testosterone therapy pellets, and it took a couple weeks to work. That's normal, but boy, I'm feeling it now. That's why I'm actually awake and alive doing the show with you because otherwise I would be dead. It's like I'm sleeping for three hours last night uh, doing all this post game coverage. But I'll just say this: if you want to, to feel better. Go to Age Rejuvenation. You can lose weight, feel great, have better sex. You might have seen Age Rejuvenation as the new sponsor of my SRS Fab 5 column on pewterreport.com. Well, I'm a new Age Rejuvenation customer too. And thankfully, I don't have any issues in the bedroom, but I did turn 50 this year and energy has become a problem, just like you heard from those testimonials. It's true. Turns out I've got low testosterone, like most men in their 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s. It's just nature, fellas. It happens. Happens to just about everybody. Low testosterone affects everything from weight loss to energy to stamina. But now there's a way to fight it. And that's what I did with testosterone therapy. I, I have more energy now. That's the thing I noticed. I also noticed I'm sleeping better at night. I was having awful sleep for the last two years and I couldn't figure it out. And it turns out it's related to your hormones. So I'm sleeping better than I have in years, just after one month. Visit agerejuvenation.com, folks. Don't wait. Age Rejuvenation's got five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. Lose weight, feel great, have better sex with Age Rejuvenation. Well, congratulations, Scott. You made it through the entire show. I did. You, you, you kept it going. So. I made it through half a can of the Pirate Republic Take a Quarter IPA. There you go. So now that we're wrapping up, make sure uh, you go out and get a Pirate Republic or a Celsius Energy Drink, whatever right. you enjoy the most. Make sure you check that out. And uh, so just want to thank everyone for watching the show and listening for Scott Reynolds. I'm Matt Matera saying thank you, everybody. And we'll see you on Wednesday for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out. It's going to be the best one ever. Trust me.